0: Thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you this morning that you are alive. You are not a doctrine, not a theory. You are alive. And thank you, Heavenly Father, that you gave us Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to leave heaven, the golden gates of heaven, the angels that served you. And you were willing to humble yourself and you stepped down to this earth. You came as the Savior of the world. You came to give your life. You came to die for everybody. You took all the sin. You took all the sickness. You took it on your body. And you died for each one of us. You died for the whole world. You paid a price. You were willing to bow down. Even below the human living uh, level. You became the son of man. You humbled yourself in order for us to be lifted up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning that you are here together with us. And you know everybody. You know our hearts. You know our background. You know our families. And you are here this morning to lift up the name of Jesus. You are here to glorify Jesus. And you are here to meet our needs. So now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. I bless all the people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I need some water hallelujah hallelujah you know some people call us uh, us people from norway for vikings vikings but uh, <laughs> i don't know if i'm a viking but i'm uh, i'm a save i'm saved i hope you understand my english i'm still learning you know i call myself half norwegian half african so maybe you uh, you will hear a little bit of an african accent i don't know but i hope you understand my english because I'm just a simple Norwegian. I call myself a simple Norwegian. I'm very simple. Simple man, simple message, a big God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I look forward to this meeting. It's always a blessing to come to Belfast. Sometimes I call, call it Blessfast. Because we are always so blessed <laughs> when we come to Belfast. And you know, as the pastor said, we have had this ACE conference. Again, the first conference in 2002. And each year we come together. Last week of September normally. From many nations. We have all these national leaders. And we are some evangelists. We have a vision to um, be able to raise up 100. To all together One day. We will gather 100 evangelists. And we will send them out to the nations. Uh, by the grace of God I have been able to to see many nations, to travel to India nine times, Africa, many nations in Africa. And it is a big blessing to come, to reach the unreached people, to speak to people that have never heard the gospel before. You know, we are very lucky in Norway, in Great Britain, Northern Ireland. We can come to the service every Sunday, listen to good singing and rejoicing and worshipping and, good teaching and good preaching every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. But you know many places in the world, they have never heard the gospel once. We are 7 billion people all together in this world. 2 billion still have not heard the gospel for one single time. Can you imagine 2 billion people have never heard about Jesus? They don't know anything. And it's a privilege to come to India, to Africa, out in the bush areas. Uh, gather many people, preach the gospel. Look into their eyes. When we preach the gospel, there was a man, Jesus Christ. God Himself became a human being, stepped down to this earth. He took your sins, He took your sicknesses. If you are sick here tonight, we can pray for you and set you free in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I see many miracles. That's why I used to say, like Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation, for healing, for deliverance. It is the power of God. And it is the power of God this morning. He has not changed. he's the same. If you are here this morning, you need that power. Jesus is here with his power to save you, to heal you, to set you free, to change your life situation, change your family situation. No matter He's the same. I've seen it so many times. It's a blessing. You know, uh, during this 10, 11 years, we have seen more than a half million, almost 600,000 people receiving the Lord as their Savior through this ACE network. We have uh, been able to plant, you know, the following work, we have planted uh, more than 1,500 churches altogether. Indonesians. Yesterday and uh, on Friday we had this conference. We heard heard the testimonies. And we realized God uses ordinary people. We are very normal. Not not normal in a way, but normal. At the same time, we we are very normal. Very ordinary people. Very simple people. But God uses simple people to do extraordinary works. Extraordinary mission work simple people but not simple work extraordinary work miraculous yes i'm going to um, india next month Uh, i'm going to north india a state called assam in the north of india very remote area very unreached area 35 million people almost all of them have never heard the gospel once and uh, i look forward to coming back to india for the tenth time I'm going to Burkina Faso in March. I think it has about 6 or 7 campaigns in Burkina Faso West Africa. Uh, I'm going I'm, I I uh, I was supposed to go to uh, Egypt last month but because of the you know all this terror uh we were we were uh, advised to not go to Egypt. I guess also people from <laughs> from uh, Northern Ireland they are not advised to go to Egypt because of this uh, th- uh th- Terrible situation in Egypt. But I'm going back hopefully next year. We, uh, we, have, we have started uh, pastor training for three years, twice a year. I, I've been there twice, and I will go back as soon as it will be opened up again. And then I will go to Benin. You know, have you heard about a, a nation called Benin in West Africa? A little, little nation called Benin? It's close to Nigeria, close to Ghana, close to Togo. A little n- nation called Benin. You know, Benin is the birthplace of the voodoo. They say wudu in Africa. You say Wodo or I don't know. Uh, but they say wudu <laughs> in Africa. It's the birthplace of this witchcraft people. Maybe I should tell you a little story. Because I, I said to my organizer in Benin, next time I come, you better take me to the University of Cotonou. Cotonou is the... It's the main city. It's not the capital. The capital is called Port Said, but uh, Cotonou is the, is the commercial, did you say, commercial center in Benin. So uh, I said, um, I've I said to my co- uh, my coordinator, when I come next time, I will go to the University of Cotonou. Do you know why? Because there's a young boy at the University of Cotonou. I want to meet him, and I want to tell you why. Some years ago, I went to a city called Ouida, at the coastline of Benin. And uh, in this city, if you come there today, they worship that snake called Python. Have you heard about Python snakes? A terrible snake called Python. They worship Pythons in temples. They keep them in temples around in the city. A terrible place. You know, this place was the, was the, was the gate out of Africa during the time of the slaves. They took the slaves from many places in Africa, took them to Benin, took them to this city, Wida, and they came big ships, and they were shipped out from Africa with these big ships out of the city of Wida. It's a stronghold for the devil to, be, to, to, to tell you plainly today. So my colleague said to me, I want to organize a campaign for you in Wida. <laughs> I said, yes, okay, i like to go to Wida. i like to go to the darkest places. I said to my organizer, you know, sometimes you can be a little bit too bold. So I said to my organizers, I want you to ask the witchcraft people to come to the platform. I want to have them at the platform. Can you invite them to come? Because the Bible tells the person inside you and me is the strongest. We don't need to be afraid of the witchcraft people. I said, can you invite them to come? He said, "No, <laughs> I don't want to invite them." But well, to cut a long story—long story, uh, story short—um, one of the days during the campaign, uh, we had a walk in a little park in the city called Wita. Inside the park, there was many, many—you know—this this kind of uh, idols, many many idols in the park. And inside the park, there was a gate, you know, a gate, and it, there was a there was a pathway. Uh, Behind that gate, I said to my organizer, can we pass by that gate and look inside the bush? He said, no, 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 no way. I said, why? I want to go behind that gate. He said, no, you are not allowed to pass that gate. I said, why? He said, I want to tell you why. Behind that gate. Inside the bush area, the devil worshippers, they they hide themselves worshipping the devil three years, three years, and they are not allowed to mix with people. They are eating and drinking and dedicating their lives to the devil himself, three long years. They are not allowed to see people, not allowed to mix with people, so you and me are not allowed to pass that gate. I said, okay, you need to obey your organizer. <laughs> so I said, okay. And I continued my campaign. I said to, to Claude, my co- coordinator, where are the, the witch people, witchcraft people? I don't see any. I like to see them. I don't see any. Night after night at the campaign ground, no witchcraft, no witch doctor. I didn't see them. He said, well, They are standing out in the darkness and they are testing, they are testing you. They are able to test what's inside you. And if they find that what's inside you is stronger than what what, what they have themselves, you understand what I mean? If they can test you, they, they are standing in the darkness, testing, testing, testing you. But they can feel what's inside you. And if they understand what's inside that man, that person, that lady, if that is stronger than what I have myself, they will not touch you. Okay? I didn't see any witchcraft people. I had my campaign five days, we saw people coming to the Lord every evening We saw many miracles. I went back home to Norway. Two weeks later, I received a report, an email. My colleague said to me, I will give you a report what happened in Vida. Okay? He said, listen to me now, and then he, then he wrote the report. He said, after the campaign, 40 of the witchcraft people, they came to our organizers. They came, they came out of the bush, and they came to our organizers. And they said, last week, we were standing out in the darkness, listening to the white man. I'm just a simple Norwegian. Simple message, but a great God. We were standing there listening. And while we were listening, something happened in our hearts. We were convinced this Jesus is the most powerful. He's the real God. And they bowed down 40 people. They bowed down. They brought all their idle materials, made a big, big fire, and they surrender their life to Jesus. And then my organizers, he told me, I want to tell you one more thing. In the darkness, what you, what you didn't understand was, out in the darkness, there was an army camp. You know what army camp? Soldiers? In the camp, there was a young boy. Maybe he was a teenager. I'm, I'm not sure. He, he was a young boy. Laying in his bed, paralyzed. Paralyzed, not able to walk. He was son of one of the officers. He lay down in his bed, paralyzed. But because of the loudspeakers at the platform, big, big loudspeakers, we preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Lord. We preach the gospel. We pray for the sick people in the name of Jesus. Every evening they came forward, surrender their lives to Jesus. And we prayed for the sick people. This little boy was laying down in his bed, listening, listening every evening. And why? One of the evenings, as he was hearing the preaching, hearing the praying, he took, and when we gave instructions, we said to the people, now the time has come for healing and deliverance. Take your hand and put upon the sick place of your body, And we are going to pray in the name of Jesus. And that little boy in his bed, paralyzed, he took his hand upon his body. And while we were praying, God's power hit the legs of the boy and he was healed. Suddenly he was healed. Jumped up of his bed and started to run. I'm healed. I can walk. I can walk. I can run. Let me tell you what happened. You know, all the people in the army camp, they knew very well about that boy, the son of the officer, one of the officers. So when they saw, when they realized, because many were standing, listening to the gospel. I didn't know it. So I was preaching for many people <laughs> that campaign. I didn't see them. But when they saw the miracle, when they saw the boy standing, jumping, running, they surrender their lives to Jesus. they bowed down, bow down, bow down in the army camp. and many of them were saved. And his father became a leader of a church inside the army camp. So I said to, to Claude my organizer next time I come, because this young boy is a student at the University of Cotonou today. So if you follow me to. If you want to follow me in January to Benin, you can be with me visiting the young boy at, the, at Cotonou University. Amen? I look forward to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said in John chapter 4, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And then he also said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food, my satisfaction. My joy in life is to do the will of God and to fulfill his work. You know, many places in the world, especially in Norway, many people are dissatisfied in churches. I don't know why. Well, I I know why. (laughs) Because Jesus said, My joy is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus came and died on the cross. He made the salvation foundation. None of us can make the salvation foundation. That has been done once and for all. Jesus took our sins. He took his blood in the presence of his father. And this has been done once and for all. But we have a job to do. Still, two billion people have not heard the gospel once. And you and I, as believers, you and I, as Christians, to be satisfied—I mean, spiritually satisfied—to receive the gladness, happiness, joy, as a believer, as a Christian, you need to find your your place. We saw this this uh, this uh, child. You will call them uh, workers, uh, workers here this morning. They have found their place, and that will be their joy. So you and me, we need to find our place in the body of Christ because Jesus has given a place. Uh, You have a place, you have a part of the body. Each one of us, singers, youth leaders, child workers, etc. So Jesus uh, gives us a secret. My food is, my satisfaction is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So the best place to find yourself, the best place to be, is in the will of God. In the will of God, the best place to be. Amen. And the Lord also said, Did you, Do you not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are already white for harvest. The fields are ripe for harvest. That's why we go to the nations. That's why we preach the gospel in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, everywhere. I see you have a, I see you have a mission in Ukraine. I've also been to Ukraine. I told the pastor, in uh, the last 10, 10 years, I've been to Hungary. And now also Serbia. Because there's a big need in Eastern Europe. So blessed be the church, uh, your church, if you are involved in mission in East Europe. Because there's a big need. The communism has done so many bad things of the people in East Europe, but they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear their deliverance through the gospel. Amen. The fields are ripe now. And in the gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35, etc., the Bible tells about the ministry of Jesus. He went about all the cities and villages. Uh, He was teaching in the synagogues, he he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and he was healing the sick people among them. And the Bible also tells when he saw the multitudes, something happened in his heart. His heart was filled with compassion towards them, because he saw they were like sheep without any shepherd. And then he said, the harvest is really plentiful, but there's only one problem. The problem is not the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. There's only one problem. The workers are too few. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are too few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers, send out his workers out in the field to gather in the harvest. And that's what we are doing in the ACE Network. We are gathering in their souls for for eternity. And I don't know if you have seen that little verse in the letter a uh, the first letter of john chapter 2 verse 18 there is a little verse i used to i used to remind the people at the seminars at the church meetings first john chapter 2 verse 18 john wrote 2000 years ago listen to what john said 2000 years ago this is the last hour do we understand what time we live in today spiritually Do you and I realize, do you and I understand what time we have today, spiritually? John says, this is the last hour. What would you say? What would I say if you visit a doctor and the doctor said, my dear friend, I need to tell you, this is your last hour? A terrible question, a terrible statement. What would you do? What would I do if somebody told us the last hour has come? This is the last hour. But the Bible tells, spiritually speaking, this is the last hour. How long time is an hour? 60 minutes. How long time is a minute? 60 seconds. John wrote this verse 2,000 years ago. What time is it today? What time is it today? If somebody told me, this is your last hour, what would I do? I think I needed to do some priorities. What i am using my time? what, What will I do? What is the most important thing in my life if the last hour has come? Spiritually, I think the most important thing is to bring in the souls, to speak the gospel. Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, as he was gathered together with his disciples on the mount called Olive, they start to ask him about the end time. What will the end time be like? And he starts to explain, you will hear of, of famines, uh, wars, rumors of wars, people against people, earthquakes, big sea waves, many, many things will happen. This is what, will hap- what, ha- what happens in the world today. If you listen to the television, And and watch the the television, listen to the news. You hear about these things every, almost every day. And now also in Kenya, this terrible thing that happened in Kenya. People coming into a mall, coming into a shopping center, and and just bang, 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 killing people. It is a terrible situation. The world is in a terrible situation. This is the last hour. What will you do? What will I do? We need to do some priorities. We need to do the most important things. Still two billion people have not heard the gospel once. It is yours and mine responsibility, as far as I understand the Bible. We need to do something. We need to be involved in the world mission. Some, some can go, some can pray, some can give. You need to find your place, as far as I understand and that is your satisfaction when you find your place in the, in the mission. Amen. You know, when I was a young boy, when I was born again some years ago, uh, um, in, in fact, many years ago, when I was born again, when I, was, when I became a believer, started believing in Jesus, I didn't know anything about time. For me, time was a long, 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 never-ending line. I don't know what you think when you think about time, time. For me, time was a long, long, never-ending line. Time. As soon as I was born again, I started to read the Bible. I started to realize time is more like a circle. There is a beginning, there is a time frame, and there is an end. You understand what I mean? The time is limited. Your time, my time on this earth is limited. And the age, the age we live in today... When Jesus said to the, the, the disciples in Matthew 24, verse 14. Because the Bible asked him, what will be the sign of your coming? Not the many signs, but, but what will be the single sign of your coming? And the end of the Bible. Our Bible says the end of the world. Maybe your Bible also said the same. And uh, When will this thing happen? And what will be the sign of your coming? And the end of the world. It doesn't mean the end of the world. It means the end of this time frame. The end of our age. You understand? And Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached as the witness throughout the world. And then the end will come. The end will not come before you and me have done our job. When we have fulfilled the mission commandment and gone out." or around the, in the world and preach the gospel, then the end will come. Then the end will come. Not, not before, as far as I can understand the Bible. So we are, we are called to impact the nations. We are called to, to join a bigger plan, not, o, not only our plan. You know, when I, was, you know when, I was, when I was a little boy back home in Norway, you know, to meet the world, I live in a little, little uh, village in Norway. A little village of 3,000 people. So this was my world when I was a little boy. My little world. I found myself in the middle of the world when I went to the shopping center in the little place where I come from. This was my world. I only concerned for my world. But when I was born again, when I started to read the Bible, The Holy Spirit opened up my eyes. I understood Jesus died not only for my little world, not only for my little nation. Jesus died for the world. He's the Savior of the world. You know, many places, you know know, churches, leaders in churches, many, many places, they are only concerned for themselves. They pray for themselves. Bless us and bless us and bless me, and this is their world. But Jesus died for the world. You understand? So that's why we need this worldwide mentality. We are called to the world. Amen. Let me just. Uh, how long time do we have? Two, two hours? You know, in Africa, we. You know, in Africa, when you preach one hour, they say, this is just a beginning, a good beginning, a good beginning, but we need two hours. <laughs> so, uh, this is only the first half hour. Okay, um, let me just uh, remind you of some, some, uh, some important things. Uh, sometimes I, 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 uh, I quote the verse from John chapter 1, verse 12. And I ask the people, you know, in the world today, there are many, many human rights. You have the United Nations human rights. It's a human right to live in peace. It's a human right to have food and school, education, healthcare, many, many things. Human rights. But what is the most important human right in the world today? What is the most important human right in the world today? John chapter 1, verse 12. The most important human right is to become a child of God. Everybody who received Him, everybody who received Jesus, to them, God gave the power or the right to become a child of God. But to become a child of God, somebody must go and tell them. Somebody must go and preach the good news. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. He took your sins. You can eternal life. Surrender your life to Jesus. Be born again. Move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Leave this world, system of this world and become a, citizens, a citizen of heaven. The five, the five main mission commandments, let me just quote them. Because Jesus didn't only give us give us one mission commandment, of course he you can you can you can in a way say that he he gave us one main mission commandment, but five places uh, you find the mission commandments, and when you read them, each one of them you find the whole picture from different angles. You understand? Luke chapter 24, verse 48: "You are my witnesses." Jesus said, you are my witnesses. As soon as we are born again, as soon as we are becoming you, believer, a believer in Jesus, as soon as you are a believer in Jesus, born again, you are a witness. You can be a witness What the Lord has done in your life. I used to be in the world. I used to be outside the kingdom of God. But then I met Jesus. He gave me a new life. I was changed. I'm born again. I'm a new creation. I belong to Jesus. I have left the old life, the old world. I know live for Jesus. He gave me a new life. The new life. Everlasting. Jesus died on the cross was buried in a grave but the bible tells he rose again on the third day he rose again and we are born again because of his resurrection from death we are born again this is john uh, this is luke chapter 24 verse 48 you are my witnesses everybody all of us we are witnesses what jesus has done in our life mark 16 Go out in all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus gave us two legs. And normally when I have my seminars around the world, I'm pointing about, uh, on, uh, uh, on my leg. The right leg is the preaching. Go out in all the world and preach the gospel. Mark 16. Preaching is meant to take place outside the church. Go out to the unreached people and preach, proclaim the good news to the people. Use the right leg. And then, Matthew 28. Go out in all the nations and make disciples of all nations. This is the teaching, the making of disciples. You preach the gospel to the unreached. You take them to your church and you start to teach them. Make disciples and send them out again. You understand? Preaching, teaching, preaching, teaching. You both your legs. You know, many churches are only jumping on one leg. Preaching, 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 preaching. All the time, inside the church. Inside the church. Can you imagine? They are preaching again and again to the same walls, the same ceiling, again and again. Week after week, using only the right leg. Preaching, preaching, preaching. All the time. But Jesus said, go out in all the world, preach the gospel, and then take them to your church and start to make disciples. Teaching and preaching. You know, Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse verse 8, Acts 1, 8, he said, You will receive power to come to many meetings to join the service every Sunday. He will give you power to move from your nice chair back home into the church every Sunday. The power to drive your car to this church. No, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The whole Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. Huh? I want to send you from your Jerusalem. Where is your Jerusalem? It is Moira, the city. Is you do your Jerusalem? Jesus says, You will receive power to take the gospel to Samaria, must be Belfast or something like that. Bangor, must be your Samaria, uh, Judea, Northern Ireland, I don't know. Even to the ends of the world. And I gave you two legs. Use both of them. Preaching, teaching, preaching, teaching. But you're not too many. Jump on one leg. Preaching all the time. Inside the church. They don't go anywhere. If you listen to the walls, the ceiling they will say to you, why are you preaching to me all the time? I'm saved. I've been saved for years. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking against the church. We need churches. Hallelujah. We need churches to gather the people. But a church must be a power station. A church must be like a a mission center where you come together and you send out people. In fact we are all missionaries. You are a missionary where you are on your job, in your family everywhere. Some people they think that well, when you cross a border, if you are, especially if you are white, and you cross a border to Africa, then you are a missionary. No. All of us, you are missionaries. Did you know? Mm-hmm. Some, two people, know, Two persons. All of you are missionaries. Where you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Amen. Jesus said, if you follow me, then something will happen. Sometimes I ask, how many of you can can say, I follow Jesus? How many can say, I follow Jesus? How many can say I follow Jesus. I'm a follower. <clears throat> what does the Bible say? If you are a follower of Jesus, what happens in your life? Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you fishes of man. Do you really follow Jesus? <laughs> Jesus said, if you follow me, if you really follow me, step by step, come close, come closer, come closer and live a life close to me. If you really follow me, something will happen in your heart. You become a fisher of man. Do we understand? Sometimes we live in the distance of Jesus. We come together in the church, we sing nice songs, we listen to nice sermons. But do we live close to Jesus? Because when we live close to Jesus, when we really follow him, he will make us fishes of man. The Bible tells so. Amen. Okay. I think you have to come to a close. Let us pray. Let us stand to our feet. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for my simple message this morning. just want to bless all these nice people and the church. I know they are a mission church. I know they are involved in many, many interesting things. They know how to preach the gospel outside the church doors. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the pastor and his family. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you for everybody. Thank you, Jesus. just want to bless them. You know all the needs. You you know all the needs this morning. And you are the same. You are the same, Jesus. Hallelujah. I lift up your name this morning. You are the Savior. You are the healer. You are the deliverer. You are the only one who can really change us. And Jesus in us is the hope of glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, this morning. I bless the people. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let us, uh, let us take a few minutes. If you are here this morning, listen to my simple message. And you feel that God has called you into a ministry, but you are not, uh, you are not there yet. Maybe you have been reminded about something. Uh, but you need to surrender. Surrender to the calling. Surrender to the ministry. To surrender to Jesus. You know you have something in your heart. And now the time has come. Now the day has come. The opportunity has come for you to take a step forward and say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. I will enter into what ministry you have called me to do. Do we have any person this morning who want to be prayed for? For ministry. For ministry. Yes? God bless you. Do we have any more? I just want to bless you. I just want just, to... Just just want to bless you. Yes, we have two more. We have three. Do we have any more? Do you feel that the Lord is calling you, but you have been hesitating, you have been waiting, waiting, you have not been sure? This is the day to take a step and say yes. Give a response to the calling. Please come forward. All of you who raised your hands. I have seen four hands. I just want to pray for you. A simple prayer. Just bless you. Come, come. Come, come. Afterwards, we can pray for the sick people. If you are here and you are sick, I just enjoy to pray for you if you are sick. But this is for ministry. Let us bless them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus.